617-276-1179. Based on 2016 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. It's time for The Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this, well, not so great looking Saturday morning for uh, for Sale Boston. There's uh, there's all kinds of things going on in Boston this morning. So, and even our parking lot here at Marina Bay is pretty filled with cars. I think a lot of people are heading out. Everybody everybody's in there white with their with their Boat bags and their coolers and uh, looks like they're all sweatshirts heading heading to go see the water. I think so. Uh, a lot of things going on. Um, as always, if you want to check out past programs, you can find us on my podcast site, which is johnapaul.automatic.com or Stitcher or iTunes or any of those various sites uh, where you can find past programs. With us on the phone is. Uh, J. Daniel Jones, he's an author, among other things, and he just came out with a book called Carality, and I'm not even sure I pronounced that right. Daniel, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Hey, so is it actually Carality? It is actually Carality. <laughs> and uh, and oh, was that was that to uh, uh, get a, a better listing on Amazon or something? Why did you come up with the name? Well, actually, one of my characters came up with the name. Uh, I used to produce a TV program called It's All About the Car, and for the first half of the book, it was called It's All About the Car in New Orleans. But uh, when my character was trying to convince his crew to come work for him because he was a little financially short, and uh, he he started describing the book, and then he came out with it. It's a, it's a reality show. It's kind of a car-ality show. And then I just car, there we go. <laughs> there we go. I went, Wow. <laughs> My character named the book, and it will be Carality from here on out, and um, that's how it got its name, and I think it fits pretty well, but you did mention Amazon, and it did come out as a, a benefit, because if you type in Carality into Amazon search, I will be the only thing that shows up, so it's there, pretty easy to find. There you go, smart move. Well, let's talk about you for a few minutes. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned television and, uh, and uh, radio as well. Give us a little bit of background about you. Well, gosh... Uh, I worked in a local TV station in San Diego for eight or nine years and did a whole lot of production. Uh, when you're working in a small TV station, you you do a lot. We did a weekly entertainment program, a news magazine program. We didn't have news, but we did a lot of commercials. When you're a small um, small station in the market, you got to do everything almost for free. So uh, I did that for quite some time, and then we got bought up by Tribune out of Chicago, and uh, they kind of bought the station, but they didn't buy the people. And so I was kind of out there. So I mm. said, well, I'm going to use this, this video production um, benefit of mine to, to start making a business. So for about 15 years, I worked uh, as just an independent video producer. In the last five or six, or maybe a little longer than that, maybe eight, I I kind of fell into the, the automotive cable TV world. And, man, I really like that because I've been a car guy forever, and I, now I could use 
video production and I was making TV shows for for all these different uh, cable TV programs that had to do with cars and and a lot of that experience uh, back in the days when it was just starting being developed and the, the, the a lot of the magazines were trying to figure out a way they could take their audience and, and move it into television. That was the new big thing. And, and so a lot of that uh, a lot of that manipulation and stuff kind of worked its way into car allergy. And so that's uh, I did that for quite some time until I just got a little too old for all that traveling. So <laughs> I stopped and somebody offered me a job with a, at a you know, price point that I could not turn down. So there you go. So that was what I did for a long time, and now I'm a marketing director for a really large uh, company that sells firearms. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, let's, well, you know, we're talking, we're talking about, you know, how you started. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot different than today where, you know, some of the magazine folks, newspaper, I don't care what it is, uh, all of a sudden now they have an, they have an iPhone and all of a sudden they're in the TV business. Oh yeah, it's a lot different. Uh, you know, now, not everybody wants it to look on, look like, uh, look, make it look like it's on YouTube. Kind of tone down that production quality. Yeah. Uh, and literally, I remember back when when YouTube was first getting big, clients used to come to me and go, "I want one of those those viral videos. Can you make me one of those viral videos?" <laughs> yes, yeah. As soon as we start the car on fire, you can have a viral video. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, Car well, that's, that's how yeah. I got into this business, yeah. and that's how I ended up writing the book. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the book a little bit. When you were putting the book together, who was who was your audience for the book? You know, everybody everybody who writes something, you know, in the back of their mind. You know, when I write my question and answer column that's in today's Boston Globe, for instance, I try to think of as I'm as I'm writing. I know I'm not writing to somebody who's probably underneath their car right now trying to do work to. Them. I'm trying to write to somebody who's you know got a question and an interest about automobiles. When you were writing this book, who what was the audience in mind when you were, when you were putting the book together? Well, I had a, a number of different audiences in mind trying to combine it, but I wasn't trying to go, like, really, really wide. I was a magazine writer for many years, and I kind of developed the, the sense that you kind of have to narrow your market. So my market was car people, people who really enjoy, you know, classic cars, mm-hmm. and those people tend to be technically inclined, So, and because I knew a whole lot about, you know, video production and, and specifically video production in the car television world uh it's people that that do video and audio production and and i really like audio production so there's a, a, a in-depth in there in fact it's being interviewed uh is one of the first books that's being interviewed by one of the major audio production magazines out there so that was kind of interesting but there's uh the people who love cars the people who like technical stuff and the people who are in the av world uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think there was a lot of of fiction that was you know, designed for that market. And in fact, when my book got picked up for Aero Books, uh, rather Auto Books, Aero Books in Burbank, which is mm-hmm. a, a really nice old uh, bookstore there, she said, yeah, I'm going to put you in with all the other automotive fiction writers. And I went, what? <laughs> there are other automotive fiction writers? And oh, she was uh, kind enough to inform me and give me some uh, some reading tips. And I've been doing that as well. So, so we have a very small genre, but... Uh, yeah. it, it's well served, and I and I hope that I'm part of that well serving of the genre. Any any thoughts about uh, having this come out as sort of a books on tape sort of thing, an audio book? Oh, that is 
definitely my next project. I, I want to do a, an audio book of Carality, and I want to do a very expansive one. I want to, I like all the old-time radio drama kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, I, literally, I want to go... When I was on my scouting trip in New Orleans, I was getting audio sound bites. Okay, this is what this place sounds like. This is what this place sounds like. And, and I want to do a, a book that has you know all different characters, not just somebody reading the book to you, but it's every every voice is going to be... Uh, you know, every character is going to have its own voice, and then you have a narrator and a lot of ambience. So that is my next plan. That's what I want to start doing uh, sooner than later. Mm. So you're going to you're going to turn Chirality into uh, a 1930s radio show. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yes. With a little bit better audio production quality, although they did really nice back then. Yeah, they did the audio video. Yeah, they did pretty interesting stuff with, uh, you know, anything from, uh, you know, uh, you know, I guess what, uh, you know, coconut shells on sand to sound like horses galloping to, you know, a tin drum and uh, to sound like uh, raindrops. Yeah, they, they did some pretty amazing stuff with some simple things. Well, they certainly had to be very creative when they were doing that to give that impression because the, you know, audio production back then uh, wasn't as mobile as it is now. I mean, literally, we can take a, a whole audio production studio with a few mics and a laptop and a hard drive and take it almost anywhere. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a fun part of the the business. Well, let's uh, let's take our listeners through the book a little bit. Um, in kind of in a nutshell, what's the book about? And and I know we can only take them through it a little bit because the book is ginormous. By the way, it's what is six hundred and fifty <laughs> pages. Yes, it's a large book, and you know that's that's just how big it came out to be. I didn't set out to write a big book. I didn't set out to write a small book. I just set out to to tell a story, and and in that time, the story kind of changed and, and morphed into stuff. But it, it came out to be the size it really wanted to be, and and I won't I won't uh, try to deceive you. It is kind of a hard sell, especially for people like yourself. Hey, would you like to read my book? And I send it to you, and you go, Oh my gosh, I can barely pick it uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, you know, once I got it, I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to move it. I just, I'll just leave it right here. Although I will let you know, it's been sitting on my desk at work, and a number of people have come over and picked it up and said, "Hey, when you get done with that, can I, can I have it?" And um, and and I'm like, absolutely. And I said, the only problem is I'm never going to be done with it. So you might as well, you might as well, you might as well just take it now and bring it back when you're done. So I have, a, there's a few long distance flyers in, in my group. So I said, this is, this is a perfect book for your coast to coast flights. So. Yes. I write for the, the newspaper here in San Diego, the San Diego union tribune. I write in the automotive section. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was, been trying to get my editor to read the book. He's like, oh, come on, I'm a newspaper guy. We work in a thousand words. We work in, you know, 1,500 words. Mm-hmm. And then he had a, a, a junket where he had to go to Hawaii and back. He goes, okay, I'll read your book. And he came back and goes, I love your book. There you, there you go. All right. Yeah, Mark. So, so let's, let's <laughs> take our audience. audience. Yeah, let's take our audience through it a little bit. Tell us, tell us, uh, kind of, uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, condensed version, a little bit about what the book's about and some of the characters in it. As I told you, as a preface, I mean, as a, a preface, it it takes place in the automotive cable TV production world, and uh, the the main character, at least the, kind of the central character, I won't say he's the main character because there are a lot of characters in Carality. There's a lot of interlocking storylines, and it takes place in various places around the country until they converge onto New Orleans. But the central character is a kind of a down on his luck, you know, TV producer who who made some bad decisions and. And he has to sell his cherished 68 Porsche 911, and he says, just to make the bills. 
and you, you kind of know that even selling this isn't going to do a lot. This, this guy needs something, but he decides, okay, I've got to sell it. He goes for the first auto auction he can find, and that's a auto auction that's down in New Orleans. So he, he consigns it. It's going to happen in like a week at that point, and he drives over and he gets all involved, and he happens uh, to fall into this auto auction that uh, another last minute. Um, uh, consignment is a Hitler staff car, previously undiscovered Hitler staff car. And the guy doesn't want any publicity other than this is a Hitler staff car. I've got provenance to prove it. I don't want a lot of press in there. Uh, and it's going to be at the same auction that his 9-11 is. And because he's actually an attendee in the auction, he can get in there. So and he can cover it. And all of his past contacts in the television world, you know, they want this story. And he's the only guy that can... can pull this off or has the ability to get in there with a TV crew. And so you've got to find the money, find the crew, plan it all, come up with a way to cover it without knowing that they're making a TV show. So <clears throat> it, it's uh, it's quite a convoluted story, but everybody loves how everything fits together. And uh, you know, after three days, we have to find out if he pulled it off or not. And if the Hitler car sold, was it a real Hitler car? All kinds of things. Um, how much of the lead character is you? Well, when you're writing fiction, you kind of—it's uh, it, good to have a framework. So the lead character is me, uh, probably me that that could have been me had I not been, you know, happily married with a family and <laughs> all that good stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of me in there, but there's a lot of me. My wife tells me there's a lot of me in all of the characters, uh, mm. although most people don't uh, don't pick that up. Uh, but I'd say a, a good bit of it is somebody like me, somebody that's got my experience, uh, certainly somebody that's from Louisiana, as I'm from Louisiana, uh, certainly somebody that's, that's been a producer, certainly somebody that's had financial difficulties, you know, so there's a lot of that lead character in me, but again, that's, it's not about me, uh, there's a lot of really bad habits the character has that I don't have, um, there's, uh, there's a little bit of me in all of them, but if I had to pick which one was me, so to speak, I guess it would be uh, Andy. Uh, I was, I was, I was going, I was going to say, did it hurt your feelings when you sold your nine eleven? But you know, <laughs> well, actually, the sixty eight Porsche nine eleven is my dream car, and I will probably <laughs> never own one now that they've gone into the stratosphere. But I've been lusting after one of those for a long time. There, there you go, and uh, you know, and I think you know, looking at timing wise, especially the way. Uh, you know, automotive programs now have exploded on television, whether it's, you know, Wayne Carini with Chasing Classic Cars or any of the other automotive uh, genre kind of uh, shows that we see on a variety of stations. Uh, this really looks like for people who love to watch that, I think they'd kind of love to read about the story of uh, Carality. Yeah, my accountant is actually one of those persons, and it's as you might guess, he's an accountant. He doesn't really do a whole lot of car stuff, but he loves all those cars, the chasing classic cars, mm -hmm. uh, the gas monkey garage, all those cars where they build a car in a week and that sort of thing. And, and he loved my book. He was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And he knows nothing about audio production, knows nothing about you know real classic car type stuff, but uh, he, he just enjoyed because it was the behind the scenes of how television programs are, are created and made and actually negotiated. I mean, uh, uh, my characters range from, you know, top TV executives down to the people that are clipping the mics on people. So uh, you, you get a, a, a good in-depth look into what it takes to make a, a television program, or at least, you know, the fictionalized version of what it takes.
Oh, you, you mean you mean that there some are true and some aren't true? Is that what you're trying to tell me about uh, automotive shows on TV? You just don't you just don't drive down the road and see a hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar I don't know uh, Plymouth Superbird sitting by the side of the road just waiting for me to come along with a with a handful of cash to buy it. Well, I won't say it doesn't happen because it certainly does. Uh, I mean, I, I am the proud owner of not a barn find but a garage find. I own a sixty. I own a '64 Cutlass that I found in a garage mm-hmm. where it had been sitting since 1973. So mm. they're still out there. Yeah, and, and you, you can find cars. It's not a Superbird, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that the that the car shows aren't real. I'd say they're condensed. They're condensed, the, the exactly. The exactly. to do stuff is condensed. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it, it is for people who love cars, who sort of have, have a little bit of gasoline flowing in their veins, the idea of this chase for a car, the the history of what goes on, uh, the the uh, sort of the, the tragedy that goes along with it, I think all, all is what can make carality a good read for people. Why? Thank you. I think so as well. Yeah. If you if and if you deal with a lot of the classic car people, and I, and I bring this out at the auctions and stuff, but if you deal with the people that, as you say, have gasoline in their blood, it's not only the car; it's the stories behind the cars. Mm. That's what when you when you go to the car show and you're talking about people's cars. Uh, yeah, you get over what engine did it have? Oh, I had one of those. But it's really how did you get this car? In fact, I'm working on a series right now for the Union Tribune on original owners, and I interview people that have either bought their car new or they inherited their car and stuff. And and that's that's it. It's the story behind why people love their cars and why people love cars in general. And, and hopefully, I brought some of that out in Carology. I'm, I'm sure I did. Yeah, oh, you know, I, and I I will I will readily admit I didn't read your book, but I did flip through it and read a few passages here and there. Because anyone who knows me knows I'm not really a reader, uh, but uh, uh, but you know, looking at some of looking, kind of piecing some of the parts together, I could see that in the book, and certainly I think that that makes that's what makes the book interesting, and I think that's what readers will find interesting about the book. Uh, if people want to buy the book, where can they go to buy it? Well, like I said, it's on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just- Go to Amazon, type in Carality, C-A-R-A-L-I-T-Y, and uh, it'll come up. And uh, you will get, as you said, it's a big book. I mean, it's not cheap. It's 25 bucks. It gets free shipping if you buy the, the yep. soft cover version. Uh, but when you get it, you're going to say, oh, wow, I've got my money's worth. <laughs> if it just sits here as a kind of a display thing, i got my money's worth. And, of course, the Kindle version is out there, and, and people love Kindle. I mean, I'm not a, a Kindle reader myself, but Kindle sells you know, 10 to 1, and it's only 5 bucks. So yeah, you know, and, and I think for, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, no, that's a great deal. And for the people who like Kindle, I can understand why, because a lot of people, uh, uh, people that are real readers, sometimes will have three or four books going at one time, and the idea of having it just in a little thing you carry with you, it doesn't take up any weight. Again, for the for the traveler, the beach reader, whatever the case is, uh, having the electronic version makes it, makes it nice and easy for them as well. So nice to know it's available there. Um, people have told me because of what I do and how long I've been doing it, that one of these days I should write a book. And uh, if I was to be that foolish to try to do something like that, do you have any advice for me? Well, I do. And, and it's kind of uh, my perspective. Anyway. I, but I've read about this a lot. You have to be incredibly disciplined to write a book, especially a, a, a large book and something that has as many characters. If you're going to write a novel and got to make this stuff up, uh, you need to be 
uh, again, incredibly disciplined. I, I set aside a year. Okay, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to do it in a year. How am I going to do it? I had a very uh, set-in-stone writing schedule. I got up every morning at 3.30 in the morning, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, which is, mm-hmm. I'm up now talking mm-hmm. with you. kind of uh, kind of carried over into my personal life. But I, I, I set aside writing time, and I did it every day. Nothing gets in the way but your writing. So you finally finish that first draft, and then you can kind of like, oh, whew, I can breathe a sign of relief. But that was a year that, that my time was scheduled. So if you're going to write a book, I think the biggest uh, advice I can give you is, first of all, start it. Second of all, keep to your schedule. And third of all, finish it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I run into people all the time that say, yeah, I've kind of been writing a book for 10, 12 years. It just, I can't finish it. And it's like, oh, it doesn't do anyone any good. Yourself included, unless you have to finish it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Although my wife is in the studio today, and when you said discipline, she just started to laugh. So, uh, <laughs> so that 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 could, that could be an issue. And and I will readily admit to anyone who 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 asks me when people, especially sometimes, I'll, I'll go into a, a high school or a college, and people will say, you know, uh, you know, you 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 write a lot, and you're not a writer by trade. Uh, you know what? What did you? How did you learn to write? And I um, knew a woman who was a, a, a journalism uh, professor at uh, Boston College, and I said to her, "Sue, if you can tell me in like uh, you know fifteen seconds how to write," and she said, "Well, here's 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 my advice for you: start with a big letter, end with a period, put a comma where you take a breath, and never use words that you don't understand." So, so that's pretty much my entire writing style at this point. So. Well, that is great advice. <laughs> she said, "Too many." That's, that's too, what I try to do. Yeah, she said, "Too many people. Too many people end up using using words that they barely understand, or they have to look up. And if you have to look up the meaning of the word, what do you think your audience wants to do? They probably don't want to do that either. So don't try. Don't try to impress them with big words. So uh, that, that's about the. That's about all the writing advice that that." Uh, that that I have and it probably shows in the things that I write, but anyway. So um, it is it, again. It is it is a book for car people. It's a book for those people who like a little bit of mystery. It's a book for people that just sort of enjoy reading. And uh, who who are we, who are we missing here? It's a it's a it's a book for people I think that like to know the little intricacies of you know how all the production goes together. It is, and I think you covered the, the target audience quite well. A lot of people who, who read it uh, tell me, well, gosh, I didn't really understand all the, the little intricacies of the audio production or the negotiation and the contracts and stuff. I'll, I'll just skip it. That's for the people who are really into that stuff. You don't really need to know the model number of that particular Sennheiser microphone. Uh, I put that in there for the people that are audio mm-hmm. people to go, oh, yeah, I know that. Uh, just skip over that stuff. <laughs> Oh, and, and John, may I say there's there's one other way that you can get a book. You can go to carality.com, C-A-R-A-L-I-T-Y.com. I'm giving away a free book June, July, and August. Oh, good. All you got to do is sign up for my newsletter, and uh, and you'll get your name in the hat. And I think June is probably the easiest uh, month to get because I just started it, and I'm going to give one away at the yeah. end of the month. And we're going to give one away here, too, so... So that yes, that that will be fun, and uh, also you know I, I I would you know the the one thing the one thing I would have liked to maybe seen a little bit more of because I've only been to New Orleans once is a little bit more about food, but 
Wow, I thought I covered food. No, you, you know you can yeah. you can you can never cover enough food in New Orleans. <laughs> I, I have I I spent four days in New Orleans once. I never ate so many interesting things as the time I was in New Orleans. So you covered the highlights. It is a, you covered the highlights. Why? But, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is very accurate. I I think you can take the the directions and where they are in the French Quarter and stuff, and you oh, can yeah. follow it like yeah. a map and go yeah. to the different places yeah. and all the places I've been going yeah. to for years. Uh, I was pretty proud of the way I covered New Orleans. I think it's a good little uh, side character. No, 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 that that was one of the things as, as I was flipping through the book, I'm like and I and I don't know how many years it was 10 10 or more years ago. And I'm like, "Oh, this kind of this kind of brings me back to when I was there and you know, when I when I when I took when I took the wrong turn off of Bourbon Street, which I've been known to <laughs> which I've been known to do from time to time, so I, I sometimes well, I, I sometimes have been known to take the road less traveled, so that can get you in trouble in New Orleans. It, yeah, yeah, it can. <laughs> it can. So, um, so again, a great book, Chirality, a tribute to New Orleans. Uh, the uh, the author is J. Daniel Jones. Daniel, thank you for getting up at ridiculously early in the morning and joining us out here in Boston. Been up for an hour and a half, and I appreciate the opportunity, John. And let me tell you, I posted on the Carality Facebook page, and I was going to be on your show, and I got so many uh, what they call reaches. Uh, I think I've doubled or tripled the reach. So you have a huge audience. Oh, well, people thank you. Out, people must search your name out in the, in the WROL and, and, and pass it around and share it. In fact, there was two or three posts today on my Facebook page saying, hey, watch or listen in today. You know, this guy is really good. And they, they really like your car advice. They, well, well, thank, I, thank, they, thank you for all of that. Best. You know, social media, social media is, I, you know, even the people that claim to understand it don't really understand it. So I, I always, I always enjoy it when I hear things like that and see how it's all going. And, and again, thanks for getting up so early in the morning. And we're going to be giving away a copy of the book. And uh, some lucky listener is going to get it and enjoy it. And, and what they're going to do is more than get it and enjoy it. I know they're going to pass it on to their friends as well. So it's uh, it's one of those books that I think. Uh, you know, people look at it and they go, "Hey, this was a great read. You you ought to take you ought to, you ought to take it with you wherever you're going to go." You know, it's it's almost summertime here in Boston, although today doesn't quite feel like it. But you know, for somebody who likes to likes to read on the beach or read in the hammock or relax and enjoy it, Chirality is a good good way to do that. Well, I hope whoever uh, signs up to try to win it and wins it is a reader, because it's really hard to get people who aren't readers to, to tackle that side. Yeah, it, it, is, hope- it is a little intimidating, but I think they'll enjoy it once they get started. And, uh, and again, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your Saturday and joining us up here in Boston. Oh, I mean, it's been my pleasure. Can I say one more thing? Sure, absolutely. If, if you do read the book, go to carality.com and, and contact me and tell me what you liked about it. That's that's the thing I, I enjoy the most is hearing from the people who've read this story, tackled it, put it down, and said, oh, my gosh, that was a book. So, so tell me what you liked, and uh, we'll try to incorporate it into the next Carality. And I know I can't say it right, but Le Bon Ton Roulet. No, that's perfect. All right. Okay. There's a lot of Cajun in you. There there might be a lot of gumbo in me, but that's about it. (laughs) Daniel, thank you. Take care now. And stay in touch. Thank you, John. Yep. Bye-bye. That was uh, Daniel Jones, and his book is Chirality. We need to take a break, pay some bills. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. 
Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal opportunity lender. I sent him some jumper cables. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. When it comes to your car, AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car to financing, insuring, repairing, and, of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA auto buying program is a great tool. AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside assistance is there 24 hours a day seven days a week so for everything and anything automotive go to aaa.com slash everything auto take your faith to another level this year how by traveling on an all-inclusive and inspiring journey to the only place in the world where history and innovation unite experience israel this november 1st through the 10th come along with general manager pat ryan pastor karen rudwanski and nationally known teaching pastor Sean Thornton. For nine memorable days, visit historic places like the Sea of Galilee, the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Dead Sea. Be there as the Bible comes to life and experience the sights and sounds of the places you may have only dreamt about seeing. What's more, this year marks a special year for Israel, the 50th anniversary of the city of Jerusalem. Be in the Holy Land to commemorate the significant occasion for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Your dream to visit Israel can be a reality this year. Make plans now to experience Israel happening November 1st through the 10th for full cost and trip details and to register today. Visit experienceisraeltour.com. That's experienceisraeltour.com. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, get around. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems. If you would like to join us, the phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, unless you're out on this uh, little overcast morning heading out to Sail Boston, which, again, judging by our parking lot, it looks like there's going to be a lot of people out on the water, uh, a, lot of, a lot of Nantucket red colors going by, so... Uh, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Rick. Rick? 
Hey, John. Hey, yeah, Rick. Well, yeah. well uh, thank you for those jumper cables. Well, you know, you 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 kind of said you had these fifty-year-old jumper cables, and uh, and this was such a nice little set. They're six gauge. They're 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 short. They're soft. They wind up nice, and you can't hook them up backwards. Well, put it this way: your fifty years is pretty close. It was probably forty-five. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I have. I think I have a pair of jumper cables. Well, I know I have a pair of jumper cables that I got probably when I bought my first car because, well, it didn't start most of the time. So I had to have jumper cables. And then, uh, and then I, I have, I have a set that is probably nearly that old. And then at one point, before they came out with all these jump packs and all this other stuff, I have, I actually went out and I bought a set of, you know, true professional ones that are like zero gauge welding wire. They're about, I don't know, 25 feet long. So, you know, the car doesn't have to be nose to nose. The problem with those is they weigh about 40 pounds. And I'm like, and, and I have them, I have them hanging on, hanging on a rack somewhere in either in my basement or the shed because I'm never going to use them. They're just too big. And, you know, someday they'll end up, you know, I, I've been threatening to have a yard sale for, uh, well, like 30 years. And someday they'll end up in the yard sale or when someday when I move, they'll, I don't know where they'll go. They'll be in a big pile that says free stuff for people. So. But, uh, but yeah, you know, there's times where a good set of jumper cables is invaluable. Better than, you know, these booster packs, which are pretty good. Uh, sometimes a, a set of jumper cables is what you really need because, you know, we're still, we're still a little bit, uh, you know, we've done a lot of testing in these little booster packs and, and still we use the big ones, but some of these lithium ion ones, we're a little concerned what could happen with them still, so. Well, my wife wants to know where they work because they don't have duct tape on them. They don't have duct tape on them, not yet at least. But, you know, if you run them over or something, you're probably going to have to use them. But I like but I like the idea to let you know if you hook them up backwards. So uh, you'd yeah. be surprised how many cars that we get to. You know, somebody calls us up and says, you know, can you come out and jumpstart our car? And we've we've actually trained our people now to at least ask the question, did someone try to help you before we got here? Because uh, sometimes we'll get we'll get to the car and realize there's more than just a dead battery going on. Somebody tried to hook it up, hook the cables up backwards, and it's not. It used to be there was red and black. Now there's now there's red and blue, black and black. Uh, you know, somebody's changed a cable, so they've you know they didn't have a black cable, so they put a red cable on. And you look, and and people don't always look for the little plus and minus on the battery, so they just hook the jumper cables up and hope for the best. And you know, bad things can happen. So, uh, well, I, you know what I what I hope is you never use them. Well, I've used I I remember what you know dumping cars, and there's no red and black cables, and there's no plus or minus lines. So yeah, I that, got a question for you. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I'm, I know I've seen it. Uh, just let anybody on the road see it. You know, on a rainy day, you know, you see a motorcyclist underneath the, on the underpass waiting for the rain to stop. How? What? Give some good safety advices and stuff like that. If you're out on a motorcycle, you hit the rain, and where you can, you know, how to safely pull off the side of the road and wait it out. What would you what would you do? You're out you're out on your motorcycle mo- almost more than anybody else I know. What do you do when you get trapped in the rain like that? Go home. Go home. <laughs> I I you know back I, I, I got caught in the rain yesterday. I just said heck with it. I'm just going to drive home. Yeah. Yeah, I see I the problem I have with pulling under an uh, uh 
an overpass like that or, you know, a bridge or whatever the case is, too often, well, especially with the level of distraction on the road today, the amount of people that are texting and talking in their phones and doing all kinds of stuff that they shouldn't be doing, um, they're not paying attention. The second thing is, and we have noted this before, is people tend to follow light. And that's why, for instance, on our tow trucks, and you'll see it on police cars too, they'll light the far outside of the light bar because thinking that if somebody's actually following the light, at least if they hit them, they'll only hit them kind of glancing off to the side. The other thing is, and this is where uh, Massachusetts just changed the rules a little bit, it's always when you see a construction site, for instance, you always see the state trooper, the construction equipment, and then the construction going on. And the state troopers there with their blue lights on uh, trying to keep traffic out of the way of the construction. What they've done in Massachusetts now, they've changed the rules that are allowing some pieces of construction equipment to put a blue light on them, especially those um, those stingers, the things that, you know, that are designed if someone hits them to, to absorb the hit, to put the blue light there because too often people see the blue light and they get uh, they get fixed on it and end up aiming right towards it, which is dangerous for everybody. Same thing. That's the thing I worry about with a motorcycle. You pull over by the side of the road, you leave and you, you, you might leave the bike running. You might just leave the taillight on and the taillight all of a sudden becomes, it's like a moth to a flame. So I kind of agree, even though it's not comfortable, I kind of agree with you. Take it easy, ride home in the rain and get home safe. Yeah. Well, really. The only, the biggest concern that I have is riding in the rain, and um, I've, <laughs> shall we say, matured some, and, and and try to avoid it now. Instead of like, well, it wasn't raining when I left the house, uh, and um, I'm concerned because I have to slow down. I have to take things a lot easier. Oh yeah, on the, on the motorcycle because I don't have the traction that somebody in the car has. And then you get somebody behind you, and they get upset because you're not going as fast as they want to go. And they start tailgating you and beeping a horn and flashing the lights and trying to push you push you where you don't want to go. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I think the idea sometimes is, you know, people that may have watched TV and they'll watch like a, a, a super bike race or something, and it'll be in the pouring rain. But they're out there with with specialized rain tires, and that can make a real difference. And then not only that, but the, you know uh, the surface has probably been um, treated or manufactured in such a way that if they are running in the rain, it's not as they got better traction than they would on a regular road. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, so you know, kind of kind of the thing is, you know, you just have to be careful and be out there, and and I think. You know, I kind of look at it as, um, you know, there, there is no such thing as a little car crash with a motorcycle. Over 70, 75%, excuse me, of the accidents with cars, motorcycles, is the car driver's fault. 100% of the time, the motorcyclist is a loser. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There is no, there is no easy way to look at that and say, you know, here's, you know, here's, Here's here's the uh, here's the story why it was you know it it was uh, the motorcycle came out on the good end of it. No, that that is not the case. Uh, and people just need to be careful, and people need to watch out for motorcycles and just uh, you know just uh, 
be careful. Well, I, I know it's never going to happen, but I would love to see it. This, this just popped in my mind. They have one of the requirements for uh, getting a driver's license is that you spend a month or two riding a motorcycle on the road and seeing what other people do so to scare you to being a safer driver. Yeah, I'm. You know, there is. It's it's kind of even funny in our uh, program that we do on um, on about senior driving. We've actually incorporated some motorcycle stuff into it now. Where before it was just kind of a mention, but we also put it in a little bit more because we um, we want people we want people to just be more and more aware of motorcycles because of their popularity. Well, yeah, yeah, and and the. Um Mopeds and stuff like that, you know, the Vespas. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I wish those guys would learn how to ride, <laughs> how to drive those, those things, and that, instead of you know, oh, I can go down the side, I can go between the two lanes, I can zig and zag through the vehicles. I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to wait for the light. And oh, no, you there was uh, there was a guy on a scooter. So less than, you know, less than 50 cc's because it, it only had a sticker on the back, not a plate. And he took a left turn from the right lane on right next to me on the way to the radio station. Now, granted, he did it in a fairly safe way, but still he wasn't in the traffic lane. He was in he was he sat through the red light where people would have normally gone straight. So he could go left, you know, coming up this way. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You know, a lot of the times it's, it's a motorcycle spot. I understand that one. And that, uh, but, you know, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> John, I, I got to run because I got to take some stuff over to my daughter. There you and go. That, so, and that, but that's nice talking to you. Again, thank you for the cable. That's... And my wife said, those old ones go in the trash. Yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think you should uh, you should leave them out front on trash day. Maybe somebody will pick them up. Uh, so already gone. So. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye now. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Uh, well, we're on uh, week three of the new Boston Globe column. Uh, they've eliminated my picture for some reason. So, so uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, we are going to do a trivia question coming up for the Carality book, uh, and uh, if you would like to like to win that stay tuned for that uh we also uh over the next couple of weeks we'll also do some additional trivia for our from a couple of prizes left over from our friends at mechanic or my Chanic, or you know what they are it's like mechanic but it's not spelled right and also one other thing is that um is there's car show season so the uh the antique Folks that do the big show up at the Endicott Estate, I'm sure John will call in at some point in the next week or two. But also, uh, the Father's Day car show down in Hyannis is this weekend. That's an interesting show because it's um, it's a great show to walk around because they close Main Street in Hyannis. It's I don't you know I don't know that I would bring a car there because you're trapped for the day. You need to be there. I think at 7 a.m. And you need to be out of there, and you need to stay for the entire day. There's no leaving. And the other thing, there's an awful lot of baby carriages and bicycles. 
So you need you need to kind of is you know it's the the old the old you know you can look but you can't touch kind of thing. You know sometimes kids you know have have little problems. So you you just got to watch out. So there's a there's a few things uh, about that show that I really like, and there's a few things that kind of if I had it if I had a car would concern me a little bit. So. 617-770-3030, Uh Let's talk to Ray. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, bro. I had a quick question. Um, my wife's car is making a funny sound. It sounds like uh, metal when she turns to the right. It's a 08 uh, Honda Accord. Like tick, 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 that kind of no, noise? No, no, no. Just, like, just almost like if it was if it was like a brake or something. Um Hanging off the, you know, just oh, straight. okay, yeah. But it's not constant. It's only only when you turn right. I was under there yesterday, and I looked at it. Everything seems to be okay. The boot seems to be okay. And uh, I just was kind of kind of curious before I take it in what it might be. Well, it still it still could be. Is it a real grinding or is it kind of a squealing sort of sound? It's just it's just for just for a second when you first turn it hard right when yep. you're coming out. Yeah, it seems like it's metal against metal. Yeah. Only it's, it's got to do something with the wheel. Yeah, I looked at it. I didn't see anything scratching. Yeah, well, and so I was wondering well, if it. Yeah, I mean it. It could be brakes still, because okay. as you're turning hard like that, if the brakes are almost worn out, not quite, almost worn out, it could okay. be just deflecting enough to get a little bit. The brakes have a sensor built into them, and it's a, a tab, and it can make kind of a scraping sound when you turn yeah, hard. Yeah, it sounds like metal on metal. Yeah, yeah, and it will, if especially if there's a little bit of rust on the rotors, it can sound like that. The okay. other the other thing is, even though the boots all look in good shape, it still could be a CV joint that's starting to, you know, at nine years old, has started to go bad. Um, right. And uh, the other thing, I suppose it could be, but if it's, you know, I was thinking maybe a little bit of a wheel bearing, but I don't think so. Um, I think at this point you got to get it in, take the wheels off of it, you know, look look real careful at the brakes, look real yeah. careful, you know, make sure this, you know, it's it's nine years old. Could there be a ball joint that's worn that's kind of grinding a little bit? Maybe, unlikely, but maybe. I I'm kind of thinking it's it's in an it's in an axle somewhere, and even though the boots are good, maybe the axle is just at that point, especially the um, the outer side that when you turn the wheel as far as it can go, the uh, the it's like a it's like a three sided U joint that sits in there, and if it's in a dry spot because the lubricant's kind of all sort of worn out, and it's at the other end yeah. of the at the thing, it you know that can that can make that. That can kind of make a noise. So at this point, you need to get it in. You need to get it up in the air. You need to pull the front wheels off and give it a good look. That's the only way you're going to know. The The only other weird thing it could be is every once in a while, you get, um, you know, you get something weird like a like a, a, a heat shield or the exhaust pipe. When you crank the wheel hard to one side, it's actually the pipe is actually grounding out on a cross member. It'll just it'll sound like metal on metal grinding, and really all right. it is it's the it's the it's the exhaust pipe just banging up against the and grinding up against the cross member, making that noise. That's a possibility too. Well, that's what that's what that's what I, I didn't know the name of it. Maybe it's the the, uh, the the shield from the inside when you're looking at it from underneath. Yeah, it could it could very well be. And and what happens when you turn the wheel like that? It kind of changes the whole geometry of how the engine sits in the cradle because you've stressed everything a little bit. It could be making that noise. So again, five minutes up on a lift, I think is going to give you a real answer to what's going on. 
Okay, great. I, I asked you another question. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know if you ever got it. Uh, I sent you some pictures of El Camino. Did you ever get those? I don't think so, no. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not very good at sending them. I <laughs> talked to you a while back. I bought one, and uh, I managed to go over to, uh, I guess, that guy Harris's thing there, the New England. Oh, yeah. Yeah. thing there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a pretty good thing there, but I work 24 hours. I'm working now. I won't get out until tomorrow morning. So you're fired? Um, excuse me? Are no, you f- no. no. I'm the ambulance. I'm oh, okay. I'm <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but um, it was a pretty good time. You know, no. Cars, so uh, like so remind, remind me about the Elko. What year is it? Uh, it was in 87. 87? Yeah. 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 No, that they're you know that they they will always for some reason that's another one of those vehicles always kind of a soft spot in my heart for them. Um, I, I you know one of my first memories of being a little kid was uh, the the old guy that I knew who was probably twenty, you know at the time had an El, had an El Camino and I'm like what a cool car, you know and and then uh, later on I knew somebody who had one that that uh, you know. Took all the took all the you know hot stuff from a from a Chevelle SS and put it in the El Camino and it was just this hot rod El Camino but it it was it was pretty nice they 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 always they always have a good good little uh, spot in my memory so I always like those cars yeah no I have it I I, I said I, I took it out uh, about a month ago yeah went up to uh, North Andover yep. and they were doing a drive and uh, I said I'll just go up there to look at it and stuff like that but you know after twenty four hours of work and I said I, I wouldn't really want to eat ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> there no. you go. There you go. But, but, I don't know after. after that nice cars up there. Yeah, after twenty four hours of working, though, I, I I don't know. I might like an ice cream. I don't know. Oh uh, no, it's yeah. a little bit too much. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye right. Now. Right, bye bye. Now. Let's go to John. John. Yes. Hi. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, I just was wondering at the end of your show, a couple of other points I want to make too. At the end of your show, you said. Your seatbelt, drive safely, but would it be a bad idea to say no phone in your hand while you're driving? I just don't understand why people are so addicted to the phone. There was something on 60 Minutes about that, how the engineers that build these phones want you to be addicted to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, put the phone down, nothing but the steering wheel or a stick shift. Of the car you, know, you know, I've been doing this for almost 25 years, and that's the way, that's the way I ended it. Always was, uh, you, know, uh, you know, drive safely and be good to your car. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a habit now. And I, you know, I think I say that in my sleep sometimes, but you're absolutely right. Uh, people need to put that stuff down and here's something, uh, you say about mm-hmm. addiction. Actually, I ought to have her on the program. There's a, a local woman from Braintree, uh, who wrote a book called selling your soul. And it's really selling about, it's really about digital cleansing. It's like putting away yeah. all your electronic stuff for a while. And especially while you're driving. Yeah. Anyway, especially you know, while you're awesome. driving. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and the, um, what's, what's interesting about it is, and I, research has shown that when you touch your phone, especially these smartphones, acknowledging something that someone liked on Facebook or something like that, it actually reduces, re- releases endorphins in your brain that make you feel good. So you're right. Yeah. Every time you look at your phone and you acknowledge something on your phone, a little happy snap goes off in your mind. Yeah, there was something 60 minutes last Sunday night. That was oh, okay. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you can catch that segment, and I, uh, you can watch that. But, you know, I was also wondering... Uh, what would be the uh, best way to find a, an old-time car? Because, uh, you know, I'm a big 
advocate of electric vehicles, and I missed out. I went to Florida in Lakeland, and there was a, you know, not true that somebody's trash or someone's was treasure. Yeah, oh, a yeah. 94 Geo electric vehicle built by Chevrolet and used aircraft. Only 200 were built that wow. time. Wow. And uh, it was on Craigslist, so I called the man up, and uh, he was in uh, northwest Florida, and I uh, said, I'm very interested. He wanted $750. Yep. It wasn't crazy money. And it only had 4,000 miles on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. And nope. uh, I made the mistake of not saying, do you have a deadline to get the car out? Yep. A week and a half later, I called him up. He says, I junked it. Oh. I said, oh, you know. But he wasn't very nice. I said, could you at least tell me the junk? Yeah, I made yeah. a chance I could salvage it. You know, so, um, you know, kind of you know, very unhappy that that, I hate to see any special interest car get junked and, also, while I was down there, there's Greco's uh, scrapyard down in Lakeland, Florida. Mm-hmm. And the man that works there a year ago, his, he said his grand, some kid, young guy's grandfather died, and he had a Hudson Hornet they brought in, oh. and they junked it for 400 bucks. Yeah. That, yeah. Nothing can be true. He said the car was complete, you know. Yeah. No, no, it it really is. Uh, you know, you know, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure. Here, treasure you know, yeah. And the same thing. I, I'm also on the lookout for Electric Leopard. Remember that car? Oh, I had one. Oh, you had I one. Actually yeah, I actually own one. For one now. I own one, and it was kind of a funny story. I was I was in Sudbury. I was driving by, and I saw one for sale. And I wrote down the phone number. I called a guy up, and uh, I, when I called him up, I said, "Oh, I'm interested in your electric car." And he said, "Which one?" So I said, oh, yeah. uh, well, the electric leopard. And he said, which one? And I said, well, I'll come up and look at it. So I drove back to Sudbury. He had and I he had this uh, big kind of raised ranch, but the thing must have been 80 feet long. And I hear a bunch of noise out back. And he's out back cutting cutting the roof off a Porsche 911, turning it into a Speedster. And, oh, yeah. uh, uh, and he had a bunch of stuff in the yard. He was a big uh, solar environmental guy way before... But way before that stuff was popular because... What year had, was this about? Oh, this was, uh, I don't know, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, oh. something like that. And he had a windmill in his backyard and a bunch of batteries and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then um, we were talking about the car, and he said, you know, I have three of these. He said, I have, uh, I have well, four of them. He said, I have two electric leopards, uh, two electric leopards and two... Um, uh, city cars, the ones that look like golf carts, the little triangle-shaped ones. And yeah, I said, well, I'm, inter- I'm interested in the electric leopard. It looks more like a car, and it does speed. It's a little faster. So I ended up buying it. But when I went in to do the paperwork to get the title and stuff, I walked in, and on his kitchen table, he had a bunch of guns all apart on his kitchen table. And in his, <laughs> living, and in his living room, he had a motorcycle apart. And I said to him, you're not married, are you? And he said, yeah, uh, and he like. said, and he said, no. Why? Why do you ask? I said, just curious. Just figured you <laughs> must not be. And uh, the the only problem I had with it was it had never actually been registered. It was oh, yeah. still yeah because when he bought it, he bought it brand new. When he bought he bought two of them, and he never registered it because all he How did much was were they, about six thousand dollars that time. Well, yeah, when they were when they were new. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. My father taking me out to Athol, Mass. in the yep. late seventies. Yep. was a grand that's, opening for that, that car. That's, that's where that's where they, that's where they were made. They were made at the U.S. Electric Car Company in Athol, and a dealer down on the South Shore was one of the dealers that sold it. It was a horrible car because it had sixteen six volt golf cart batteries in it. Um, it weighed. Well, I sold one once. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it used uh, used a two speed like forklift switch to make it work, and it had a big GE um, aircraft generator that. It ran yep. like an electric motor, and 
it would do 60 miles an hour. I mean, yeah. it, but it took a long time to get up there. And the guy I sold it to um, delivered uh, delivered yeah. stuff in Boston, and he mm-hmm. thought it would be a great car for Boston because, you know, when you're stuck in traffic, you're not using any electricity. And, what, what kind of company was it? Uh, some kind of delivery company. That oh, bought delivery it. Yeah, company, that yeah. Bought it. yeah. And, uh, and I heard later on that he actually converted it to an electronic gas pedal and uh, wired the batteries in series so it had a little bit more zip to it. So, Which were all things that I was interested in doing. But, um, but you know, I, I brought it home, and my wife said, that's pretty interesting. I told her how much she paid for it, and she's like, that's not bad. I said, yeah, other than it needs 16 batteries. How many? What was that? Seventy-eight to nineteen eighty, or did they go past nineteen eighty? I think I think eighty-one, maybe, because this was 81. a yeah, this was a later one, um, and it was, and again, it only had like three thousand miles on it. It was kind of a cool little car, but um, but I and I was fortunate. I worked across the street from the old Boston Whaler in Rockland, and I used to see the battery delivery truck over there, the Trojan battery truck. And I called yeah. them up and I said to them, "I'm interested in buying batteries," and they said, "We only sell wholesale." And I said, "Well." I'm interested in buying 16 batteries, and I work across the street from a place you deliver batteries to every other week. And they said, how are you going to pay for them? I said, cash or check. And he said, okay, we'll be over. And they unloaded a pallet full of batteries, and all I had to do was figure out how to get them home after that. But, yeah. yeah so. Well, I'm, I'm on the lookout for one now. You know, not so much I want to drive it, because every November and February in Lakeland, Florida, at the airport, there's a sudden fun auto show, yep. big auto show. Yep. And you can go down there from Boston South Station, take you right into downtown Lakeland. You don't have to have a car to get yep. there. I had left at 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning this past February at the Valentine's Day. Yep. I was there 1 o'clock in the afternoon. First thing I yep. did, I got up the train, went to a pawn shop, bought a $20 bicycle, and I was going all over town. Yeah, there you go. No. And uh, now I'm on the lookout for one of those cars. Yep. Not so much because I want to drive it. No, and, uh, look- there was one for sale recently. On eBay, EV Finder, and I had somebody get a hold of me. But unfortunately, people are so skimmish about giving their phone number out. Yep. I had somebody call me. He had a private number. I said, okay, I'm very interested. He wanted $800. Yep. No, uh, they, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. And he, the two of them, matter of fact, yep. needed work. I said, are you, I learned from my previous lesson, are you in a hurry to get the car out of there? He said, well, the car is at a house that's up for sale. Oh, okay. And he, uh, Called me a week later and said, all uh, oh, the house is for sale now. Oh, okay. And because he didn't yep. give me a direct number, I called a week later. He said, I sent it to an auto garage in town who didn't give him $800, I'm yep. sure. Yep. And I called the auto garage and said, oh, we just junked those last week to the crusher. Yeah. Oh, uh, two yeah. in a row. No, no, they're, they're, uh, there's also uh, there's a, there's a uh, electric vehicle club that's in Boston, and they meet periodically, and they might even meet at Lars Anderson in Brookline. It's worth giving Lars Anderson a call and see if they still have their EV show, and then you might find some there. Hey, we got to get going and take a break. Oh, all uh, right. I'll let right. you know about that club, though. Thank you. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you. I think we need to take a break. Chuck, stay right there. We will be with you in just two minutes. Uh, our phone number is 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. Right now at all Sullivan Tire locations, it's our biggest tire sale event of the season. Thousands of popular brand names. Bible, now available in Montana. Call 844-41-BIBLE. 
WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Chuck. Chuck. How you doing, John? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I, I'm i curious about something uh, concerning these little tiny four-cylinders that they're putting in these cars today with the turbos on them. And I'm kind of curious as to what you might think of the longevity of these engines well compared to when let's let's go back in time a little bit um you know back some time ago well we can go way back in time but back some time ago ford turbocharged a the ford thunderbird and they actually made a few mustangs that way and when those cars had about 35 or forty thousand miles on them the rings were all worn out they burned oil like crazy and they were just terrible um you know if you go back to you know the '60s. You know the the you could buy a you could buy a, a, a Corvair that had a turbocharged engine, and those actually held up pretty well. Today, they design the engine rather than just take an engine off the shelf and hang a turbocharger on it. They design the engine for the turbocharger to start off with. And the other thing is, if you as you drive it, the turbocharger is only working under hard acceleration. So for the most for the most part, there isn't a lot going on. Um, it's only when you get your foot to the floor. So I think because of that, I think we're going to see good longevity. Where we're going to run into problems, though, is if people um, are not great about oil changes, which you know we've we've. <laughs> We, you know, for the longest time, we sort of told people change your oil every three months or every 3,000 miles. Now we're saying, and I agree with it, now we're saying you don't have to do it as often, but you still need to look under the hood once in a while, and people aren't doing that. So people are running around with, you know, yeah, even a good car can burn a quart of oil every couple thousand miles. So people are running around with engines that should have five quarts of oil in them, and they only have two and a half or three. So that, then the oil temperature goes up. The oil temperature goes up. It affects both the turbocharger and the engine, and then now you're going to have engine problems. So I think depending on how it's maintained, what I don't think we'll see is there there are times where with just a little bit of maintenance with a V6 or a V8, you can get 300,000 miles without a lot of concern. I don't know that with a 350-horsepower 2-liter engine with a turbocharger on it, you're going to see 300,000-mile engines. Yeah, well, I see uh, some of these things are as small as, like, 1,600 cc's, you know, the 1.6 yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. 1.8. And I'm just, I just wonder, you know, sticking those things in a car that weighs 4,000 or 4,500 pounds, you know, an SUV, and, you know, it just seems to me it's going to, it's going to wear out that motor a little prematurely. And I just was curious about that. Yeah, I think where it really is going to wear out, again, where it's really going to um, wear out the engine prematurely is the person that really uses that vehicle and tries to take advantage of all the horsepower. So, in other words, if you have a, a small SUV 
and you pull a trailer with it and you pull a trailer, you know, through the mountains all the time, you're going to find that because the turbo's on all the time, you're putting pressure on the engine, it's running five or six pounds of boost all the time, you're probably going to end up driving the engine apart in, mm-hmm. you know, in 100,000 or 150,000 miles. But if you're somebody who drives a, you know, I'm staring out in the parking lot here at the radio station and there's a Volvo with a turbocharger in it. And if you're somebody who drives that car fairly normally, um, we have a Volkswagen in our household and it has a turbocharger in it. Um, you drive it pretty normally. The turbo's not even doing anything. It's just sitting there going for a ride for the most part until you actually go to accelerate to pass a you know truck or something like that. And I think those few times where you're driving with your foot to the floor isn't going to make any difference. But if you're somebody who drives with your foot to the floor all the time, I don't think a turbocharged engine is a good choice for you. Yeah, I, I just wonder why they do this. And I'm going to guess it's because they want to meet mileage requirements oh yeah yeah that's that's part of it the other part of it is in other parts of the world um they have 1.6 liter rules they have two liter rules i saw a car that was made for the japanese market that was a i i think they get taxed at anything over 1.5 liters so little tiny engine it had both a supercharger and a turbocharger Yeah, so it just, made I, it made lots of horsepower, but it still didn't get taxed the same way that a bigger engine car would. Yeah, I think I think some of the older big diesel trucks had the turbo and the and the supercharger yep. on them years and years ago. I, I didn't know that they put them on cars these days. So. No, there. Yeah, you'll see you'll see that you'll see you know Ford with the EcoBoost uses a series of you know. Um, you know, turbochargers, and, you know, and I was, dri- I was driving a, uh, for just a short period of time, I was driving a Ford um, Super Duty pickup truck with a turbocharger in it, and it had a turbo boost gauge kind of right in front of you, and, uh, you know, driving it normally, there was, the turbo boost gauge never came off as zero, which meant the turbocharger really wasn't doing anything other than, you know, just kind of sitting there going for a ride, but I, once when I had it, I was, I kind of said, I wonder how much power this thing really has and i was stopped at a stopped at a stop and and i nailed the accelerator and the thing was you know turbocharger spooled up pretty quick um the power came on really quick and i went this thing is almost scary fast um you know and it's a diesel so it sort of surprised me but i think for the most part you know i'm expecting to get a good long life out of the volkswagen that we have because we're going to we're going to change the oil like it says we're going to check the oil periodically and if the oil starts to look a little bit dirty even if it's not due to be changed it's going to get changed and that's mm-hmm. what that's what i think adds to the longevity of uh, these turbocharged cars all right. Well, thanks a lot, John. All right. I appreciate your show. I listen to you. Even though I moved out of Massachusetts, I still listen to you online. Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, and there's time, there's, you know, sometimes, you know, I, there's a program I listen to online. It comes in better than the radio sometimes. So, you know, I like that too. All right. Thanks, All right. Chuck. Thank you. Bye bye. 617 Let's talk to Paul. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very well. Uh, before I get to my question, I want to first thank you for your appearance at the Summerville Kiwanis a few weeks ago and your kind words uh, on oh. the radio. Oh, it's, oh it's, that, it's, it's that, Paul. Okay. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, no, that was a good time. And like, a, you know, the thing that, you know, and, and like all people of a certain age, I guess you kind of look at kids and you go, 
you know, you know, what, what, what are we in for? You know, and those kids that got the got the scholarships that day, those kids were remarkable. Mm. You know, they were they were polite. They knew what they wanted to do. I mean, they, they, you know, they, nobody there said, you know, I want to go play video games. Everybody there wants to, you know, they, you know, they they wanted they wanted to really kind of make it, especially the girl who wanted to go to school to be a teacher to come back to teach school in Somerville. You know, how can you not? Yeah, they, how, how can you not like a kid like that? Yeah, they they were they were squared away. Yeah, absolutely. So my question is on uh, a 2011 Ford Explorer. On one of the last days that we had to use heat, um, I was getting heat from the driver's side of the car and air conditioning on the passenger side of the car. I know I, uh, about a year or so, a year and a half ago, I had a problem with the air duct actuator switch. I'm not sure if that's related to that or not. Yeah, Do you have any a, idea what yeah, might be causing that? Yeah, it certainly sounds like it because there's, there's, uh, there's several actuators, probably three in that. And it sounds like one of the actuators has started to go bad again. So you have heat on one side, cool air on the other side. So um, there's actually, those are actually computer, you know, there's actually a computer that runs the ductwork. And they can actually go in and um, uh, scan it with a, with, a, with a good scanner, not the $100 scanner, but a good scanner. And they can actually command the actuators to work one way or the other. And if one of them doesn't work, that's what they know it is. And then you're going to have to go, you know, get it fixed. Yeah, well, I was headed to the dealer Wednesday, but I just wanted to have an idea of that, yeah. what it was. No, that's what, that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds uh, like. And, and my last point, uh, I just want to mention, for the person who called about the uh, issue with the cell phone use by uh, drivers, Yep, there are devices that you could put in your car that will prevent the driver from, uh, dialing, yep. texting, or receiving calls. There's a, a friend of mine who's a retired trooper who has a, uh, a driving school up at Beverly in uh, Georgetown, and on their website, they have that site where you can put the solar-powered device on the windshield uh, that uh, will zone out the driver, except for certain numbers that the a parent could program in, like yep. the, home, the parent's numbers, yep. 911, maybe AAA. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm and this is just I'm 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 going out on going out on a leap here. Next time you talk to Ross, tell him I said hello. I see Ross's wife all the time. She works with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah. so so I'm thinking so I'm thinking that's a retired trooper you're talking about? Yes, it's yeah, Ross. Yeah, yeah, Ross yeah, Kennecott. Yeah, he's a good guy, really good guy. Yes, he is a very good guy. And a very good action of reconstruction too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Paul, thanks a lot. All right, thanks a lot. All right, take care. Bye-bye. See, it's a small world when it comes to stuff like that. So when we come back, we're going to figure out a way to give away the Carality book. I was trying to do some New Orleans car trivia. I came up with nothing. So when we come back, I think we'll, we'll, um, we'll uh, I don't know, figure we'll just give it away. But right now, we need to take a break. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening to 61. You're listening. You're listening on AM 950 WROL or wrolradio.com if you're listening online and you can call at 617-770-3030 we'll be right back
When it comes to your car, AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car to financing, insuring, repairing, and, of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA auto buying program is a great tool. AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside Assistance is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So for everything and anything automotive, go to AAA.com slash everything auto. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Hi, this is GM Pat Ryan updating you on Pat's latest picks. Are you planning a wedding or some other special event? The Irish Cultural Center in Canton's Tented Patio is the perfect place. It overlooks amazing pristine grounds, seats up to 350 guests, and comes complete with a lighted deck. It's available from the end of April right through October. Regular rental for four hours, $2,500. You can purchase it from us for half price. That's $1,250. Or how about a dream vacation? An all-exclusive vacation package for two at the Wyndham All-Exclusive Resort. Three days and two nights at a beautiful beachfront resort at your choice of Bahamas, Mexico, or the Dominican Republic. Regularly $1,500. You can purchase it for $749.50. Doesn't include airfare, but it is a great deal. Just go on to wezeradio.com and click on the discount shopping and purchase it. Or call me direct, 617-691-2521. Right now at all Sullivan Tire locations, it's our biggest tire sale event of the season. Thousands of popular brand name tires are on sale now. Tires to fit any size vehicle. And you can save $70 instantly on select Goodyear tires. There's no better place in New England for quality tires and top flight auto maintenance than Sullivan Tire. Hurry, this giant tire sale is only on till the end of this month. Find out more at SullivanTire.com. You won't find a better place to buy tires, and we will not be beat on price. Come in today. Go Sox! WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, I have no way to figure out how to give away the Carality book. I was trying to come up with a New Orleans automotive trivia question. I can't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it away to the seventh caller. So all you have to do is call in. And while all of that's going on, I had a, I had a chance to spend some time with um, Jim Lillivan, and he is the he's got the weirdest title ever model responsible program manager and the question i asked jim was and he is from ford and chrysler and the question i asked jim was tell me about 
the all-new Jeep Compass. It's a a new vehicle that's going to be built, and it is being built right now in four manufacturing plants uh, around the world for a a mass market. Uh, We're really excited about the design. Like you said, the design aspect of the, the the new Jeep Compass, it's along the lines of the Grand Cherokee. There's a lot of resemblance in both the uh, exterior design and also the interior design, uh, while also maintaining, of course, the um, the Jeep DNA traits, the seven-slide grille, the trapezoidal wheel arches and such. And a trail-rated version, so it's one of the biggest traits of Jeep. It looks like it can go anywhere. Yeah, this uh, Trailhawk version of the Jeep Compass is truly uh, is truly a Jeep. We've uh, had a chance to show journalists um, on, a, on a variety of tracks around the world now. Um, it has the the Trailhawk version has uh, a unique uh, design to it uh, from a geometry standpoint. It has a unique uh, front fascia that allows it to uh, have a thirty degree approach angle. Um, that helps us uh, maneuver large objects, monuments as it approaches. Uh, there's also a little over eight and a half inches of ground clearance, another inch or so of wheel articulation. We have skid plates underneath um, the uh, Trailhawk to make sure that we protect important things like the oil pan, the fuel tank, um, cooling module, etc. Uh, we also have a unique uh, final drive ratio on the transmission, uh, and it allows us to uh, offer what we call rock mode. Rock mode is a lower speed mode um, uh, that allows the customer, the driver, to confidently maneuver over those large objects. Uh, certainly as they go over those large objects, um, we have other features as well, uh, such as uh, uh, hill descent control. It allows the Jeep Trailhawk to um, descent on a hill up to 60 degree grade, um, really on its own without any need to hit the brake. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, it's. Uh, it, we certainly have seen people hit the brake, but uh, it's. it really provides a very capable and, and, and confident and controlled setting for this vehicle. And one of the things that Jeep has done in the last few years is with the electronics and the transmission and transfer case, you can take novice drivers and turn them into some serious off-roaders. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with uh, with the technology that we have. Um, as you said, uh, the the Jeep Compass has the Select Train Management System. Um, it's it's a system that really, with the turn of a knob, allows the um, the customer to go into any one of four modes or a fifth mode uh, on the Trailhawk, or you can simply stay in the in the auto mode. And in the auto mode, the car does all the work. Uh, it functions. In 4x4, when it senses wheel slippage, when it senses weather and and road conditions that necessitate um, all four wheels spinning. Um, But if that's not needed and fuel economy and ride comfort is desired, then it will transfer uh, to a complete 4x2 front-wheel drive vehicle. So you get all the benefits of a 4x2. And, well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, What powers the new uh, Compass? So the here in the U.S., the, the standard engine is a 2.4-liter multi-air. Um, it's got the latest uh, second-generation multi-air technology uh, to help us uh, uh, maximize the intake of fuel and, and air into the combustion chamber. That really helps maximize not only performance but minimize emissions. 
Um, this engine is is mated up to one of uh, three transmissions. There's a six-speed manual, a six-speed automatic on the front-wheel drive version, and then the nine-speed automatic on the on the all-wheel drive version. Um, in all of these scenarios, we have uh, roughly 180 horsepower and 175 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, fuel economy on the highway for all of these variants um, exceed 30 mile per gallon. So pretty economical. And a lot of people think uh, 2.4 liter four-cylinder engine doesn't have much for towing ability, but there is some, right? Yeah, actually the, the tow, trailer tow package that we have on the Jeep Compass uh is up to 2,000 pounds. So we believe it's uh, very competitive in the market segment uh, that the Compass um, and uh, certainly capable. Um, so somebody who has a small bass boat or utility trailer able to tow it with no problem? Absolutely. Anything yeah. up to 2,000 pounds. Yeah. And um, let's talk about trim levels real quick. Mm-hmm. So there's four trim levels on the Compass. As as I mentioned before, I, I talked about the Trailhawk, which is uh, the unique um, uh, version uh, at at one end of the of the high end, there's also the limited model, the latitude model, and the sport model. So the limited model, um, like many other Jeep products, offers uh, uh, typically uh, all of our feature content, either standard or optional. Uh, the latitude uh, price class uh, offers many of the same feature content, um, but uh, with a, a more base con- uh, configuration. The sport model is our entry price class. And allows someone to get into the vehicle for as low as uh, just under twenty-one thousand. So competitive with a lot of small SUVs, but still, still a Jeep. Absolutely, every bit of Jeep. We're really excited about this new Jeep Compass. Um, we've done a lot of hard work uh, making sure that it's not only a beautiful and competitive car, but it's true to its name. And uh, we're excited to to see the 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 all new Jeep Compass in in dealerships and in driveways here in the states to see how well it does. How soon will that happen? So it's it's actually being sold now. So distribution is uh, is taking place uh, all throughout the states. We went into production um, uh, for the U.S. market in January. We started delivering uh, customer units here in April, and so they're just getting out the dealerships now. Jim from uh, Chrysler Corporation about the new Jeep, and it is. Uh it is a. It, I took it for a ride. Uses a you know talking about four cylinder engines. It uses a small four cylinder engine. It does a really nice job. Um, it's about 180 horsepower. Uh, feels good. What's different between the new Jeep Compass and the old Jeep Compasses? This one actually looks like a Jeep and not the first Compass didn't really look like a Jeep. The second Compass looked like a third of a Jeep, and this one looks like a small Grand Cherokee. So it's actually a really nice looking little vehicle. Can't wait to actually spend some real time in one. Hey, look, it's Paul Sullivan, and, and it's like backwards world here because I decided to stand at a different microphone today. So it's I have a whole new perspective on life over here. Well, we need to turn your microphone on. That would probably I, There it, we go. Hey, does it work now? It yeah, does now, and, yeah. And I get to look over the parking lot and try to pinpoint the cars at a turbo charge. Yeah, can you do that? No. Do you know which ones they are? No, and I was going to ask you about that. How yeah, do you do that? I just, I just know something. I, you made it up, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, actually. And uh, congratulations <laughs> to Jim from Quincy, who won the Carality book. All right. Yeah, Good job, so, Jim. Yeah. No, that, the, the author from that book, he was, he was out in San Diego, mm-hmm. called it ridiculously early in the morning, but apparently he wakes up at a ridiculous early time in the morning. Well, it's 10 o'clock now, so that's, what, 7 o'clock there? It's not ridiculous. Yeah, you were probably yeah, up at yeah, 7 yeah, here. Yeah, but he was at, uh, that's true. But on the other hand, 
He called at 8.30, which is really 5.30. All right, which, it's 5.30. Which, but you're probably up then. Well, I mean, what time do you get up to go to work in the morning? On Saturday? No. Oh, no. in the morning? Yeah. Um, quarter after five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, same thing. Yeah, so. exactly. But not on the weekend. It's a weekend. You know, yeah, Saturday. Still, yeah, this Saturday I still, because I have to come here. Sunday right. people say to me every once in a while, hey, you're going to go down. That's like, no, it's too early. It's, the only, of, day, it's <laughs> the only day I have to sleep. Speaking of San Diego, you know what I do once in a while? Because, you know, I told you the story. I went out there and with my family and stayed in the hotel to write my dissertation. So I really haven't been to San Diego yet, even though I was there for 10 days. Um, but anyway, what I do once in a while, just to calm my nerves and to make believe that I actually was in San Diego, have you ever heard of the uh, Hotel uh, Coronado? Yes. They have a, um, a webcam. Oh, yeah. So you yep. can just go on their website mm. and look at the beach there and look at mm-hmm. the waves coming in, look at the hills in the background. And I make believe I was there a few days. Before we went to Punta Cana, I found a webcam, and we actually saw a wedding on the beach taking place. There you go, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it, it was, and it was kind of like, oh, it looks cloudy. No, no, it looks good. It looks like they're going to be okay. You know, so it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was sort of fun to watch that, and I actually like all of those webcams. I, I, I love them. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. I saw it. there was a, a child in the deep end of the pool, and uh, pe- uh, people scrambling to get him out of there. You know, you, you see that. Yeah, I don't think I, I. I don't think I want to see something tragic. No, no, I didn't. No, it wasn't but, tragic. It was just you know, you know kids go yeah. in the deep end sometimes. Yeah, so, they get hauled out. Yeah, so that's what happened. Yeah, you know, and there's 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 <laughs> a, there's actually there's actually a really good one in Key West. So you get the oh, you get really? to watch yeah you get to watch the whole Key West like that. Whatever, whatever that area is, I can't. So that if I get distracted trying to find the two Irish songs about dad, I yeah. can look at the uh, Key West uh, webcam. Yeah, I, I get. You know, it's it. I, I refer to it as falling down the rabbit hole of the internet. Yeah. You know, you start here. The next thing you know, you're down here. You're over there. You're, you're, you're in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. Hey, the piano guy's here. There he is. Which means that the very best in Irish music is coming up next. Put right your here. cell phones away if you're driving. Yeah, that's right. right. Put your cell phones. Yeah, listen to Paul. Yeah. You know, Sully says put your cell phones away. He's got the right <laughs> idea. But until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. I see you. Oh, how I missed you since I've been gone. I've crossed the oceans, traveled through many lands. It's good to see you, to be in your home. It's good to see you, so good to see you. Oh, how I missed you since I've been gone. I've crossed the oceans, traveled through many lands. It's good to see you, to be in